All right, so I feel like we did – I'm not calling anybody out here. This is on me. I feel like we did a pretty terrible job yesterday just because we were all over the place. Weird day. It and was it's like we're all, we're all back in studio together. But yesterday wasn't great. I feel like you got to change – I mean, I feel like we did a great job yesterday with what we had. Nah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd say it's one of those situations where it's like your number one wide receiver goes down. And you're like, oh, well, he's down. So maybe uh, because he's down, it opens the offense up more. That wasn't the case. I just feel like we were kind of all over the place. Still got the win, though, right? I mean, uh, I think some we of the squeaked people, one out. It I was like overtime one point might win. debate that. It's okay. We had Cam in here, like using a microphone on the board but streaming through his computer so he was going through two different things you were at your house we got you in about a quarter of the way into the show yeah yeah that was i was talking to myself for the first segment because you weren't there and cam couldn't get his microphone situation figured out right so i mean when you're coming at me with these positive antidotes oh i i figured out by the way i don't do we want to bring this like live on the show i kind of do just because like get after it it's a funny situation we're already talking about it you know how i told you like i could hear i I could hear you guys twice the whole time and for some reason there was like well i could hear myself twice too and it just never i don't know it it never fixed itself well in my rush of getting things set up and and doing everything and i actually logged in to uh, one of our streaming services and and you know logged in to see where you were at in the show and if everything was working and everything like that and I left that up in the background so no wonder why I was hearing you twice I was in your our show live hearing you and I was hearing it on the streaming device as well Listen, in the background this is something I figured out very early in the pandemic when it was just Kevin and I up here at the studio was you just kind of got to roll with it. Yeah, that's it, man. And we had some folks in the studio yesterday working on the studio, trying to make improvements, and we're still working on that. Again, hey, listen, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. There you go. So we're, we're trying to make it better. We're back in the studio t- today, and it's just so much easier to communicate and to navigate your way through a show when you can look at the other people versus like having to wait for your communications to make its way across the Internet. Yeah. And like everyone's kind of, uh, what? Is it my you, you oh you want me to all right, all right and that's literally that between every interaction it's so yep. much better when we're in studio together but I thought there's just so much that we blew by yesterday that I want to dive into today and I want to start with the late late game from last week because all right let's think back to two weeks ago yeah really the week one of the season but it was. Technically, we too, because you already had games played, like UCLA mm-hmm. and Hawaii had already played and all that. Who was the darling from the Pac-12? Because it's amazing how quickly we move. Yeah. Yeah, Who, no, it was UCLA. UCLA. They, yeah, beat, they beat the hell out of LSU. Yeah. You had Ed Orgeron saying the sissy blue shirt, mm-hmm. and yeah. they just they got out-muscled at the line of scrimmage. Chip Kelly's team looked really good. Fast forward to Saturday night. We're yeah. all trying to recover from watching Florida almost upset Alabama. A bunch of other great games. Uh, we're coming off of Penn State-Auburn going down to the wire. Yeah, directly off it. Which yeah. I don't think we talked enough about some really bad play calls. Uh, so we'll dive more into that today. Uh, and so like we're coming off that emotional high, which tangent number one here, when does your Saturday depression start setting in? And this might not be a PJ thing because PJ works on Saturdays and then gets to go home and watch college football. But for the degenerates like myself where it's like starting at noon, 
and for a lot of people, starting at nine. Yeah. And with college game day all the way until about midnight, you're just on the couch watching college football. When does like the reality slash depression set in for you guys where you're like, I've spent 12 hours of my life Ooh. on a couch? Yeah, no, exactly. Because a lot of people have the Sunday scaries with the NFL. Right. But I'm not – unless there's a game like Ravens-Chiefs on. Because Cam and I were just talking about this. I'm a Falcons fan. Two weeks into the season, I'm already free of having to watch my team because I know they're terrible. Yeah. And there's no reason to emotionally do that to myself. So I'll go out and do things on Sunday. Saturday, yep. I'm, a, I'm a bad human being. Locked in. Well, this is the thing. I've had – I get – well, you guys probably have this too. I've had years and years of training as a gamer – so, like, kind of wasting sit, hours of your life away. Kind of sitting around wasting hours of my life away watching kind of college football. Things? A little bit, and you like, do it with yeah, friends. kind of. And that that kind is my of. man. I do like. I don't play a lot of games just by myself. Like, if I'm yeah. playing, I'm I'm gonna be playing with friends. So, yeah, I get that. It, it's a little different. My okay. It depends on what I'm watching. I'll say that. Uh, I'll say that because I, I was about to say I don't really have it on Saturdays. I mainly have it on Sundays. Because I get stuck watching the NFL sometimes, and I'm like, "What am I doing here? Like, I, I'm watching the Dolphins and but it's the 49ers. Like, I don't care about either." So I guess that's what happens on on Saturdays. It, is that's the only time it really comes up? Like three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, "All right, I just watched a noon game that was yeah. really good. Like two ranked teams, one that's really important, and then like." Tulsa and someone else comes on and I'm like okay I'm probably going to change the channel and get up and do something and then 45 minutes later you're sitting there and it's 7 to 3 in the middle of the second quarter and you're like why am I still here so that's normally it it depends what's on if it's a great game though like I'm locked in I I don't really have that kind of because I feel like I'm like I'm enjoying this it's okay like I don't know. T- to me, it sets in after that primetime game, like after the whatever the 7 o'clock or 7.30 game was. But midway through that fourth quarter, depending on if it's a good yep. game or not, that's about when it starts setting in. You're like, what did I do today? But it's also it's amazingly enjoyable. And I've got to the point this year for the show where I have a notepad where throughout Ooh. the day I'm just writing down certain takeaways that I had from games or just funny things that you find out, great stats from different people. Uh, but we did blow by a lot of things yesterday, again, because it was just a weird show uh, yesterday that I want to get back into it. And then, like I said, I want to start with the late game. Do you guys know who the hero Jake Hayner is? No. I, I've been seeing some stuff around. He's yeah. the quarterback for Fresno State. Mm-hmm. Again, we were talking about UCLA and how they were the darlings of the Pac-12, and people were like, well, maybe the Pac-12, even though they don't have USC, maybe they have two legitimate playoff contenders, Oregon and UCLA. Well, Fresno State just ruined and burst that bubble for the Pac-12 because of my man, Jake Hayner. 40-37 upset over number 13, UCLA. My man threw for 455 yards and two touchdowns. And again, this game, Fresno State had to make a little bit of a comeback there late. They were down 37-33 with 54 seconds left on the clock. Wild. And he had taken a massive hit on the hip. And so, and for those of you who maybe haven't thrown a football around or haven't done it in a long time, if you're throwing the football, your hips are hugely important. That's where you get a lot of your power from. Any throwing motion, football, baseball, anything, your hips are hugely important. Mm-hmm. He got nailed in the hip to yeah. where it had locked up on him almost. You could tell he was just kind of having to like jog 
to every single play afterwards and just like drag his leg behind. Yeah. He even like went so far as to like change his throwing motion to kind of compensate for his hip injury and just was throwing dimes all <laughs> over the field. So, I mean, Jake Hayner, absolute hero there. Uh, then did you guys hear about what was a rough day for Virginia Tech and how it ended just on the worst note possible? Uh, yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. I, I was checking in and out of that game. I did watch. I did see the final few plays. Oh, I'm not talking about the game. I watched the middle oh. of the game. Oh, I'm not talking about the game. Oh, never mind then. Yeah, so Virginia Tech comes in, top 15 team. They had beaten North Carolina to start the year. We all saw like on Friday night, Lane oh, Stadium, yeah. jumping mm-hmm. up and down, Metallica intro. And so, again, another one of those early season darlings. And it proved to be a fraud. They go up to West Virginia. They can't tackle anybody. I think uh, New Hampstead's – no, it wasn't Sam Brown. It was Richmond Hills, Sam James, yeah. uh, caught a touchdown in that game. Uh, but you do have New Hampstead, Sam Brown up there, as well as <laughs> Memorial Day's Winston right. Wright, all playing wide receiver for West Virginia. Uh, you have West Virginia beat them, I think, 27-21. Yeah, 27-21 in that game. And then afterwards, they were in such a hurry to get out of there that they left behind three trainers. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So there is a tweet – from the Blue and Gold News that says Virginia Tech was in such a hurry to leave that they left behind three of their trainers. They are currently sitting on a wall outside of the Puskar Center waiting for a police car to take them to their bus, which is pulled over on the side of the road. Oh, my goodness gracious, man. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I mean, I think we've all been there a, a time or another, but not with someone that you're like working for you, my goodness well, no, just imagine being one of those trainers you're like all right well we're, we're bandaging up everybody and we're getting yeah. people ice that they need for the trip back and uh we're like, all right we're cutting some of this tape off where we had your we had your ankle all taped up and we're taking care of you all right hey you guys are good to go we're gonna pack up we'll meet you at the bus yeah, never mind and, and they leave you're gone <laughs> right like, what's that conversation like with the head coach well, I feel like you can't be like the head coach is like, oh, remember, you, you guys are important. Like, you're very important to what we do here, blah, blah, How about now, coach? <laughs> it's definitely some pressure coming from me. Like, are you, are you kidding me? You're like, for real? You, walk out the, you walk out the door and you're like, all right, the bus is. Where is everybody? Yep. Nah, I would have had an issue with that. Definitely, especially, and, and we lost to and they're acting crazy up there. Yeah, I would have had an issue with that. I just think that's hilarious because the coach is all like, first man in, last man out. You know? <laughs> right. Obviously the charge. Not. Hey, this starts and ends with me. Yeah. Except for the trainers. No, no. This, <laughs> th- this is kind of off. If I'm this, them, I'm just I'm transferring like right there. Why I'm not? assimilating into West Virginia. Yeah. Look, this is kind of off subject. Did y'all see the, uh, what the Houston Texans coach said Sunday? David Coley, I did not. Oh my gosh! Okay, oh, okay, we're gonna talk because he said some wild things about that please. next segment. Okay, please. okay, I'm with oh, the tease. It, oh, it's 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 Goodness. hilarious. All right, Sam with the it's tease. Hilarious. All right, okay. Well, I want to wrap up this segment because again, we have a lot of college football to dive into, but I want to wrap up this segment by, I guess, again, previewing a coming segment. Mm-hmm. Put this in your mind as we go to break here. Who in college football, as a team, do we actually know? Like, you would feel comfortable putting them into the college football playoff right now. Like, you're, like, you're like, this team is going to make the college football playoff. Who in college football do we know is good? I'll let y'all think that over. Okay. If you're listening, you want to chime in with who you know is good, 912-342-7184 is the phone number. Again, 912-342-7184. If you know 
this team is good. We want to hear about it. Again, you can comment on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube as well. We're streaming there. But we're going to come back and talk about that and we'll let Cam tell us what David Colley said because apparently it's pretty wild. All that's coming up on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. All right, before we dive into who we feel is actually good, we know is good in college football, Cam, you wanted to roast the Texans. I mean, that's a very odd place you want to go to, but I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, I I just don't see how you could be a player and accept this. Um, it's third and 15. They go uh, Obviously, they go for it. They get in on the fourth and two. It's a holding penalty against the Cleveland Browns. That's who the Texans played uh, Sunday. And accepting the holding penalty and making it third and 10, essentially giving yourself two more downs. They decline the penalty, make it fourth and two, and they punt the ball off. And, and essentially they lose the game basically off of that because Cleveland goes down and scores a touchdown. I just don't get it. Tim, I have a very quick response for that. Bad teams are going to bad team. <laughs> How can you be a player in the locker room and you know – no, I'll play on the I'll, field. I'll, you know I'll, going on. I'll tell you how you you cash that paycheck. Can't uh, argue that. Yeah, can't argue that. But I guess man. that that was wild. And then the coach says, "Well, we thought it was best for the team." We talk about. So we gotta I, trust our defense there. You know, well, I yeah, just like gotta, you, gotta trust them. You talk about players. I mean, that to me, think about the quarterback in that situation because I believe Tyrod Taylor got got hurt. Yeah, he got on hurt. Sunday. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Davis Mills there in at quarterback. And your coach is basically saying, nah, I'd rather have on the, the defense on the field with the game on the line <laughs> yep. than like, my backup quarterback. We're going like, to ride no. with J.J. Watt, all right? Yeah. You're like, Coach, we don't have J.J. Watt. Yeah. Also, I mean, even if they declined it, you're like, all right, they want the fourth and two. It's short-yarded situation. Know, Maybe they go Damn, for How are you going to sit here and roast the Texans when you saw what Arthur Smith did on fourth and short on Sunday? <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You come, yeah, you come out the short. Yeah, you come one out the first. Yeah, no, you come out the first one, and you do like the. It takes you like 20 seconds to get them on the field, but you do like the yeah. gimmicky, uh, fake punt, and you uh, you have to burn a tower. You got a penalty and just ended up punting. You got a penalty yep. and then ended up punting. And then the second one, it's fourth and two or like fourth and a yard and a half in, in your own territory, territory, and you rush to the line to do a quarterback sneak. Half the team doesn't know what's happening. The only people that seemed like knew what was happening was Matt Ryan in the center. You know what? I apologize and, to Texas fans. They actually yeah. have a win this year. Yeah. So I can't say anything. That's true. Although, did you guys see, and this is, you're in a bad spot. Yeah. Did you guys see the Jaguars just dragging the Falcons on social media? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's you're what the, I was going to say. I, I, don't, I don't think you he wanted to said. roast the Falcons because, like, the Jags already did that enough Yeah. Today. No, the Falcons are already just dragging, or the Jaguars are dragging the Falcons on Twitter. Uh, the Jaguars have actually done this a couple times. It's like an image that they put out on social media, and it's like it's black at the top, and it sort of fades down into a picture of like Urban Meyer or like the team. The newest one has like the team all locked arms on the sideline, and the text is like this like very eloquent way of saying "stick with us." But basically, what it's saying is we acknowledge that we suck. <laughs> like we know we we're bad. Yeah. We yeah. just want you guys to stick with us because it's going to get better. So they've done that a couple times now. Well, the Falcons literally copied that and put it up on social media where it's Arthur Smith standing on the sideline, black at the top, fades yeah. down to Arthur Smith standing on the sideline with your text up at the top saying the same thing. We're mm. a better football team. There's 17 games in the season. We have 15 no. games to get better. We need you guys to stick with us. Basically no. saying, y'all, we can't have Mercedes-Benz empty. It's real embarrassing when Atlanta United puts four <laughs> people in the stands and we do. Well, win. I mean, these next well, thousand four percent. Games are but I mean, this this may be a low point 
in Atlanta Falcons history. And so 28 to three, you're in the damn Super Bowl. It's not a low point. Yeah. Like this may be like rock bottom when we're copying Jaguars social media. Somebody's getting paid six figures. Yeah. To run maybe more to run the Atlanta Falcons social media department, and we're copying. And you, you, you couldn't even flip it. Yeah, like you couldn't even flip the exactly, format. We put it up on our Instagram. It's literally yeah. exactly the same. And the, they, they, the thing that they put out there, the Jaguars tweeted was the thing was like, "Hey, man, can I copy your homework?" It's like, yeah, just change it up a little bit, and it's exactly that. Oh, it's uh, hilarious, actually. At you know, a, a tweet. Uh, I think Jack Patterson put out uh, earlier today as well. It was like, yeah, you're copying failed homework as well. Like you're yeah. you're you're copying a failed assignment, so you both get Fs. Like that, no, that's exactly right. It is like of all people, you're, you're going to copy. <laughs> you're going to copy the, so the Jacks, bad. even on social media. Like, I don't know what's worse, social mm. the social media or the team itself, because it's bad. I mean, I I was legitimately. I said I didn't want to talk about this yesterday, but I was legitimately cringing, like in fear. Every time Matt Ryan took a snap. Oh, yeah. No, that's oh. brutal like, Jalen back there. Mayfield, my guy. I, like, it's getting rough to watch. And I get it. It's like, and this is people like, he's played Fletcher Cox week one. Oh, he had to play in Dominican Sue. And that doesn't stop. Yeah. Everybody has good defensive tackles. If mm-hmm. you were playing the Falcons, you'd have to play Grady Jarrett. Play, and he'd be whipping you, too. We play Washington in two weeks. Yeah, that's going to be rough. Like, whew. Yeah. I, I legitimately think, and I know there's 15 games left, and we and a lot of people are dragging uh, Arthur Smith for not playing anybody in the preseason, but I legitimately think the reason he didn't play anybody in the preseason is he knows how little depth he has. He's like, we can't afford to have anybody get hurt, especially in games that don't matter. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you see that, if you see that in practice, like you're, you're insanely yeah. worried about somebody yeah. getting hurt in the backfield. Especially. Well, I mean, here's what I think is they're seeing their offensive line against their defensive line in practice, and so yeah. like, that's not bad. Right. Hey, Jalen Mayfield, he kind of held up Marlon Davidson right there. That's, oh, good that, for him, That man. ain't bad. Mm. Fletcher Cox and Marlon Davidson exist in different worlds. Yeah. Like, it's it's bad. I mean, do you guys feel like you're watching a different sport when you're watching the Chiefs and the Ravens versus watching the Falcons play? Yes. I feel like I'm watching a different sport. Absolutely. To a certain extent, yes. I think it depends. Uh, it, de- it depends like, on, like, how bad the team really is. But but right now, well, I mean, there were there were points. Then again, there were points on Sunday. I mean, that was a 28-25 to 25 ball game. But like, there never, were points on you Sunday. You never in your mind if, thought the Atlanta yeah. Falcons were going to win the game. Oh, no, like I'm just holding, saying there's, it there's felt flashes. like they were holding back an avalanche. And we yeah. have a lot of broken Tom Brady's too, old. Though. He got a little tight when he went in at halftime. He well, loosened I mean, back up in the third quarter. He and, didn't and, hold back that yeah. avalanche at all. You let that avalanche run all over you. Yeah. Yeah. Five TDs. The only avalanche she held back was a defense. And you scored, were literally AJ Terrell, like stretching out like Mister Incredible away yeah. from that game being in the fifties, because yeah, he made true. a couple of amazing, amazing pass play. breakups. But mm-hmm. I mean, he was just completely out of and position. Now he's hurt in no man's land. Yeah, from one of those plays. <sighs> it's bad. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't get any better. Like it's, it's some of the teams you thought weren't going to be great, like the Carolina Panthers, are all of a sudden really good. The Saints, I don't know if they're good or not because. One week you beat the hell out of the Packers, and the next week Jameis looks like Jameis again. So uh, it's it's interesting, but I didn't want to dive back into what we were supposed to talk about the segment. <laughs> you guys drug me down into the mud with the Falcons. Uh, is there a college football team you guys know is good? And I think the way I want to do this is you guys present them to me and then just let me, like, fillet them in front of you. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I know off-rip two good teams, Georgia no, no, and Bama. No, but remember the criteria off-rip. I gave you. Teams that like where it's more likely than not they're going to make the college football playoff, and you're confident in that. 
more. Oh, I'm confident they're going to make it. Georgia and Bama. Both. Huh. I'm confident both will make it. All right, so let's start with Alabama. Alabama, to me, is the one, even after Florida, because we spoke about this yesterday, no other team in the country could go in and beat Florida by two points and then everybody say that's a bad win. If Ohio State did that, if Oklahoma did that, if Clemson did that, go into Gainesville and beat a top 11 Florida, that's a great win for anyone else in the country. We just set Alabama on this pedestal where a two-point win against Florida in Gainesville is a bad win. I don't care if Florida's ranked or not. If you go to Gainesville and beat Florida, that's a good win. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad so, win by any means. You, you have a technically a freshman quarterback making his first SEC road start, yeah. and it's against Florida. That, that ain't a bad performance to me. Uh, but... To Alabama, I, I do think there are some legitimate concerns to where I don't know that they're going to beat Ole Miss. Their defense isn't as good as we thought it was because we saw them come out against Miami, a team that Michigan State just rolled mm-hmm. in Miami. Yeah. That wasn't a neutral site game. Bama caught them in a neutral site. Michigan State rolled Miami in Miami, which you may have had more Miami fans at the game in Atlanta than you actually. I, I'm looking at Alabama's resume so far, and it's, Beating the hell out of a bad Miami team against Mercer manhandled you with a line of scrimmage. They just couldn't cover. It's like they were allergic to tackling to start the game. If they could tackle anybody, and I understand they had some guys that were hurt, but they were getting a huge push on the run. Florida ran for 240 yards in that game. Yeah, That doesn't happen against Alabama. Uh, it's strange. And they were up and down the field in Alabama by like 100 yards in that game. Yeah. So I, I think... There are some legitimate concerns about Alabama, but I will say they are still probably the team you are the most comfortable with making it. The only thing I would say that's holding me back from that isn't Texas A&M. It's probably Old Miss, and then the fact you have to play Georgia. Like those, like just the remaining schedule for Alabama versus the remaining schedule for some of these other teams. Uh, Georgia, Cam said, South Carolina was smoking you down the sideline. And so the whole premise of Georgia's defense is we can leave our two inside linebackers in the box and we can put two or three down linemen and then have our guys on the outside that can hold up the edge. And so we can have six to seven guys flowing because we trust that our two deep safeties and our corners on the outside can lock up their guys. Keely Ringo has looked good at some moments. He's gotten cooked. You, Darion Kendrick has looked good in some moments. Saw in the Clemson game, he got cooked a few times. Amir Speed, first drive, Zeb Nolan's dropping dimes over your head. I think that's a legitimate concern for Georgia's defense is still that secondary. You haven't really played a team yet. You thought it was Clemson, but you haven't played a team yet that's been able to actually sit back and throw the football. If you play a team with a competent offensive line, which... Alabama has. If you t- if you play a team with a competent offensive line, I have gener- like legitimate concerns about that defensive backfield. I could be proven wrong. They could develop. You're theoretically getting Tyke Smith back, who is an All-American transfer from West Virginia coming in to play that star position. But I don't think Latavius Brinney's been the problem. It, to me, it's the corners on the outside that I'm I'm concerned about if I'm a Georgia fan. And, and again, I'll go back. Who has Georgia really beaten? And before you freak out and you say, we beat Clemson, we won. <laughs> Georgia Tech was a play away. Yeah. You got the point. At Clemson. You got the point. Something's right. wrong with that offense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech was a play away at Clemson from beating them. 
And they again, they had the brain fart and called a shovel pass for whatever reason. <laughs> but Clemson's that ain't that ain't Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne Clemson. And so I still have concerns about Georgia's wide receivers because you're. I know everybody's freaking out because the reports came out yesterday that George Pickens was running routes. He's nowhere nah. close to hey. live game action. He's basically where Dominic Blaylock was last year. Yeah. Right? He. A lot of people think we might see him in 2021. If you do, maybe conference championship game to playoffs or bowl game, and that's depending on how much work he's able to get. I have legitimate concerns about the pass catchers because, again, you haven't played a team that can lock you up on the outside yet. Clemson, the one team that could, you scored three points against them. And so, yeah, you cooked UAB and you cooked a bad South Carolina team, but you're still not getting a huge push with the run game. I, I don't know that we know that Georgia's as good as we think they are. Oh, man. Okay. I would put it – give you uh, – Because everybody's um, freaking out about this defense and how great it is. What great offense have they played so far? No, nah, they right. haven't played a great offense. I think the test – You thought you did with Clemson. Yeah, but. you thought you did. I think there are two tests that will come. I think they'll beat Arkansas because that's at home. It'll be that's going a, to that's a, That is a noon game against yes. Sam Pittman with a weird offense. Yes, that, is, is, that is horrifying. But yep. I, I think you can squeak that out. It's going to Jordan Hare playing Auburn and then, you know, neutral site game against Florida. Those are the two games that scare me. I know people are like, oh, Auburn just lost the – it's hard to win in Jordan Hare. I don't care who you are. I've seen it over the years. I, it's hard to win. Going to Bama, I would give you Ole Miss, but they're playing Ole Miss at home this year, and I'm comfortable with – Bama being at Tuscaloosa winning that game. You know who's not comfortable with playing Ole Miss in Tuscaloosa? Nick Saban. Cause yeah. Yep. I think that may be the one team in his tenure there that beat him two years in a row. Yeah. Because yeah. so. they beat him with Bo Wallace and then mm-hmm. with Chad Kelly. Chad, the next Chad year. Kelly. Yep. And they almost got him last year um, in Ole Miss, but I, I think the Tide and, and Georgia no, but go here's undefeated the scary thing. regular Here's season. the scary thing is now all of a sudden Ole Miss kind of has a competent defense. Yeah. It yeah. used to just be like Ole Miss would score and then you'd go out on the field and get to run against air and then Ole Miss would come back out and all of a sudden you're playing in a basketball game. Ole Miss has a defense that has a heartbeat now. They're the fourth best team in the SEC. And at that point last year when I they so. when they, they played third. I think they might be when they third. played Alabama were they still kind of going back and forth with their quarterback situation? Kinda. Like now now you have Matt Corral and he's the guy, period. Well, I think, I, I think if you go back to that insane. Alabama game, I could be wrong, but I think John Rice Plumlee was like up and down the field against Alabama, just running the ball. Yeah. So, but I mean, Matt Corral last week had seven touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. Like, like now, now there's no question. Put up video game numbers right now. I, I think, and he was my pick for preseason SEC Player of the Year in Heisman. Like that, that was that number was my one, pick. Number one quarterback this year coming out. I think it's probably still Spencer Rattler. Okay. I, to Can't me, he is. That. To me, he is. He makes all those those off balance throws that all the yeah. NFL guys like, and he's got plenty of arm talent. Got the size. To me, yeah, Matt, Matt Corral clearly. To me, is the number one, but somebody from Division Three, East West Michigan State, will be like six five and have a cannon for an arm, and everybody will freak <laughs> out about him during the draft run up. All right, PJ, give me, give me the teams that you feel like you know. What What's amazing is like for the last because we talked about this a little bit yesterday. For the last twenty four hours, I've been thinking this, and the the only team that's been on my mind is Alabama, um, and I get all the concerns, especially when. You're, you're talking about this game against Ole Miss coming up and, you know, what, what they're able to do. Iron Bowl is always going to be weird. That's the one that concerns me the most, actually, because you talk about Florida and what they were able to do offensively against Alabama and how that's so obscure. If Auburn just lets Tank Bisbee in that offense run the football and Bo Nix is confident, like 
Well, I think we saw flashes of Bo Nix being confident against Penn State, but there were also times Auburn just in the game. Have any receivers? Yeah, like, they, they, they just don't have anybody. That, you know, right, it's true, and th- there were times in the game too where like the passes were like five yards short. I yeah. mean, it's just so it just happens. But if he goes in there, he's on the money, and they are not asking him to do too much, but running the football. I mean, that game definitely concerns me. But other than that. I am very confident that Alabama will find a way in. If they lose that, that's the thing with Bama, right? I'm very confident that if they lose that game, the Iron Bowl, they still make it in the SEC championship game and win that and make yeah. it in. If they lose to Ole Miss, they'll run the table. And so I, I well, am then confident. Ole Miss would have to lose twice. Yeah, true. I, I am confident in yeah. in Alabama. I didn't have anyone else on my radar until I started going through it, and this is purely based on who they play, who they don't play. Oklahoma. I don't, I am not confident in Oklahoma's skill level as a football team. I am not confident in what they can do on the football field. I am confident in them beating everybody in the Big 12 because I don't think Texas can beat them right now. Iowa State, I feel like it showed you who they are. Like, I I don't think they're in a place where they can beat Oklahoma. Uh, October 2nd, K State. Bro, this Maybe. week. I mean, yeah, they got uh, West, Virginia West Virginia this week. But they but got K-State on the road. They, they, they isn't the last time – don't know, man. Isn't the last time West Virginia came – no, that's, I'm thinking of Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. But, no, West Virginia, they'll put up points on you in the blink of an Absolutely, eye. Absolutely. But, yeah. but, I mean, so it seems like every time they play, it's like 60-something to 50-something and Oklahoma wins. So, I just – I mean, we'll we can all agree the funniest we'll scenario is that they lose at Kansas. That'd be remarkable. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, the best this, this, case scenario. If, if Oklahoma was in like the SEC or the Big Ten this year, I'd say they're a nine and three football team. But with who they play, really? Because I'm yeah. looking at their schedule and they had to hold on to beat Nebraska. Tulane almost got them. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, if they were somewhere beat, else, it'd be fine. But like, K-State I, has I don't them two years in a row. I don't trust anyone else. Yeah, but th- that's yeah. that's two years in a row. The last two years, who what what does yeah. K State have now? Like, how talented is K State now? Is no, it anyone seen top twenty five team? Top twenty five. Uh, someone's about, someone's got to be up no, there. No, there's just right? something about Kansas State with Oklahoma, where she's yeah. like Kansas we'll State still plays that power football, and it just and weird things happen in that game. But I mean, no, I think Oklahoma will drop one. I again, there's just no team I can look at. Like Oregon, like Oregon's been fine, but they had, they struggled against Stony Brook. And yeah, did they no, struggle. Well, that's they, why I didn't put. Were they, are they yeah, the Fresno. one loss? Yeah, they're the they're the one loss Fresno State has, and that was a tight football game. Yeah, yeah. that was thirty one twenty four. It's so like, well, can we like look at that maybe and be like, maybe Fresno State's just pretty. No, Fresno State's good, good yeah, pretty but good. still, but we're talking about yeah. like top four teams in yeah. college football. Well, that's why I didn't put. Like, even Cincinnati, like said, they struggled yeah. against Indiana. Right. That's why I didn't put Oregon up there, and and that's why I'm only really confident in in Alabama and possibly Oklahoma. Because well, that's the other thing too. If Oklahoma, let's say they lose to K State, let's say they lose to West Virginia, this year I feel like again is going to be a everyone's going to have two losses, man. Like it's it's well, don't a forget weird year. Undefeated Notre Dame still hanging out there. Oh Lord, they lose. They play somebody good this Saturday. No, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go undefeated and have like a a point differential of like. 16. Yeah. I think what I'll be most disappointed in is if <laughs> if this is a crazy year like like I'm thinking and everyone's like one two losses, no one's undefeated, it's crazy and it's still like Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame and whoever else, and Oklahoma. Like that that'd be a bummer. That, that was that was But suck. we'll see. Well, that's the, that's the crazy thing is Clemson's still technically completely in the running to yeah. do this. And it's bad and we thought like okay, you you lost to Georgia. You just got to blow out everybody else. You yep. almost lost to Georgia Tech. Yeah. 
That's that's gonna be tough. Oof. But I mean, North Carolina all of a sudden looks like they're kind of rounding into shape. I think they might be a legitimate contender, maybe. But again, you already lost to Virginia Tech at home, mm-hmm. or like at Virginia Tech, excuse me. So it's like, was it just trying to figure out the offense? And now they found the offense. I just don't think they have a defense. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, this last game. Didn't Armstrong from Virginia put up over 500 yards in the air against oh, yeah. them? That was mm-hmm. a shootout. That, that was like, like a, a fi- Big 12 game. 59-39. That's like yeah. a higher-scoring game than when North Carolina plays Virginia in basketball. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, that was, that's, that's true. true. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, <laughs> that's true. that was that was nuts. <laughs> I, just, I don't know outside of Alabama, and Alabama I'm even concerned about. I don't know that I know yeah. a team is a playoff team. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of teams that just because somebody has to make it, have a chance to make it, I just don't know. I look at it like in years past where I was like, yep, Ohio State. Yep, Clemson. Yeah, no. Yep, Alabama. Like, I just I, I don't know that we have that. And maybe it's good for football. Maybe it just means there's Great. more parity now. Maybe recruiting right. spreading right. out a little bit. But, or maybe it's just one of those weird years where you've had a ton of quarterbacks transition out. I mean, think about who you lost this past year Mac Jones, oh, yeah. Al, uh, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, all those guys gone. Justin Herbert in the recent years, gone. Like, it's. Maybe it's just one of those years where it's kind of slowly like the backdraft is catching up a little bit. So you have teams that are that were close, but they were just that quarterback away, and you've lost those quarterbacks. Maybe we've overrated some other quarterbacks, <laughs> Spencer Rattler, and all of a sudden <laughs> it's kind of they're kind of coming back to the pack a little bit. Right. I think I think maybe I think it probably is good for college football that right now we don't know. That's a good point because slowly but surely too, I think yeah. you're seeing the experienced quarterbacks kind of take over a little bit like Oregon's rising up the polls I mean Anthony Brown was really good at Boston College yeah. and now he's solidifying himself there you have Sean Clifford at Penn State who I don't there love I don't I don't love there it is. I don't love by any means but he's a three-year starter and he, he showed out against Auburn like I he, think he, y'all 28 for 32 so still, like I, I, I no, like see, Cam, you're doing State. the thing you're doing the thing Alabama blows out Miami they're really good I just don't like Penn, Ohio no State. no Penn State beats Auburn they're really good what is Auburn I, but yeah, I just no, don't I, like Ohio State this year, though. Oh, so, you, really, so you, really want Penn, you want Penn State to win? Is what yeah, I, I I don't like Ohio State this year. You still got I, Iowa. I you still got Iowa happen. in there too. No, so, no, and yeah, Iowa's a top I five team. About that. That's going to be fun. Man. I like so, Iowa. My so, apologies. We gotta That's go. We're, we're way over. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. PJ, you're you're just flexing on some Penn State there at the end. You're like, you know, Penn State. Big it's, win. It's, it's nothing to do with What's that. A, what are the big games it's left on the schedule? We got Ohio State. Y'all play Iowa. Is that two weeks from now? Mm-hmm. Penn uh, State, Iowa. It's a couple of it weeks. Might be, it might be three. Three. Might be three. One. Huh? This week is the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's three. From the start of the yeah, season it's to October now. October 9th. How, how much, if at all, has your confidence grown? Because, I mean, uh, starting the season, you're like, listen, first three weeks, you got to play Wisconsin at Wisconsin and Auburn. Well, this is the thing. Yeah, I was like, I was worried about that. It's funny you asked me about the schedule because once we got past Auburn, I was like, all right, I need to look at, I have no idea what we're doing after this. Because like you said, I was super focused on going to Wisconsin, playing Auburn. And I don't know. I, I It's raised a little bit, the confidence level has, but it's it's still not like skyrocketed because I think I'm, I'm very much of the same opinion that you guys are. I, I have enjoyed seeing the progress the little bit of progress in our offensive play calling. I think there are some different things in there. There are some more creative things in there. Um, there, there still has to be some effectiveness and and some this things is, more finely tuned. Well, this is wild. I think you guys still have. I'm going to be a thousand percent honest with everybody out there. I don't know what Villanova's record is, 
and it's y'all play fine. and y'all play Villanova this week, but yeah. you play at Iowa, mm-hmm. undefeated team. You play Ohio State, but that's not who I'm talking about. You play at Maryland, currently undefeated team. You play Michigan, undefeated team. You play Rutgers, undefeated team. Weird. And you play at Michigan State, undefeated team. Mm-hmm. That's that's just went down one, two, three, four, five undefeated teams left on your schedule. Yeah. And obviously that's going to change as we get closer. But, I mean, we also exist in a world right now. I think Heather Dennis pointed this out, where Rutgers is undefeated and Florida State's 0-3. Yeah. So we, we, we exist in that world right it's now. It's an odd place. But, I mean, that's a pretty brutal schedule. And you have, like, in a three-week stretch, you have at Iowa, and then you host uh, the fighting Brett Bielema's, and then you go back on the road to the horseshoe. Yeah. And if you want to talk I about – guarantee you – Gus Johnson's going to be oh my! going crazy. If you want to talk about teams with losses, too, I mean, you, you play Indiana in a couple weeks, and yeah, that, that, I mean, they just took Cincinnati to the brink. They still have. But do we know Cincinnati's good? I mean, we, we just talked about that. We, we don't know anyone's good. Yeah, so, I mean, it's any good. you can have that conversation so about like, anybody. You know, they took them to the brink. Well, I mean, Georgia Tech took Clemson to the brink. I'm just going to say that as much as I can. Yeah, no, like, exactly. Do we, do we know anything? And and most of those games, too, are, are on the road, like you said, at you, Ohio State, at have you Iowa. Seen, how far into the season of Ted Lasso are you? Oh, I'm, I'm up to date. Okay, Wait, so, no, I'm not. Hold on. Yeah, I'm up to date. Sorry. Have you seen – I'm not going to say, like, what he does, but have you seen what Roy Kent's talking about his job because he's, like, the he's the – yeah, one of the announcers or like yep. the the pregame hosts, and he's like, "What what are we doing?" He's like, "We don't know anything." Yeah, he's like, "We we sit here, we predict what's going to happen. It's always wrong." I kind of stood it, up and clapped during that yeah, part because like, yeah, we could just do our best. And that's why my favorite thing is to come on here and talk about the absurdity of it all, mm-hmm. and then talk about the cool things from it. But like, I don't know why I'm doing the Keanu Reeves thing <laughs> right here. You but do what you do, man. It's uh, it's anybody who tells you they know what's going to happen this season is wrong. Oh, that that. that to, to put it in this perspective, that's kind of why I enjoy like what we do on this show is we're not sitting here trying to tell you what's exactly going to happen or not. We're yeah. Like, yeah, we're we got our hands up in the air too. Usually, when I do, I'm loud wrong. Exactly. I e Alabama over LSU in 2019. I was like, listen, it's been a fun trip for LSU, but they're playing two in the tide. That's coming to an end, and I was loud wrong about that. So good game. It was a good game. That was an amazing game. It was a but fun it's game. Just, uh, I, I had flashbacks of that game in the Penn State game. I know we got to go to break. Uh, but I had flashbacks when the wide receiver from Auburn, they started the second half with that reverse pass, and he just dropped the ball. Just dropped it. I, I had flashbacks of Tua in that LSU game where Tua just kind of booted down. out and just <laughs> dropped the ball. I have flashbacks. You, you talk about where's Penn State, where's Auburn. Yeah. I have flashbacks of Wisconsin because that's two times this year yeah. we're playing someone, they see a defender, and they're just like, ah, ah! and they drop the ball, <laughs> and we jump on it. Nothing, I don't understand. Nothing will beat the brain fart from the uh, – from the Miami defender this past weekend where you have like the shot of him coming to the <laughs> yeah. back and he's there's a guy running yeah. right in front of him and he yeah. can make the tackle and he just turns yeah. and engages a with the blocker. Yeah, it was like a glitch in Madden. It was great. Oh, we got more to come. We'll come back. Final segment of second down next. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Got a big show coming up for you next. We'll be joined by Philip Fulmer, former Tennessee head football coach. They're going to join us in a college football Hall of Famer. Curious to get his thoughts on a lot of the stuff we were just discussing about who actually is good in college football. Hmm. His thoughts on what Josh Heupel has done there at Tennessee and just the SEC as a whole. So that's coming up 
next here on ESPN Radio right at the top of the hour with Philip Fulmer. Also be joined by Andy Demetra, the voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. He was obviously on the call of that Clemson game. Get his take on Georgia Tech and what's been a rough start to the 2021 season for Jeff Collins. All that coming up next. If you missed any portion of our show, check it out on ESPNCoastal.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Three and out. BJ, Ben, and Kevin.